0: Hey everybody, I'm Ian. And I'm Liv. And in this episode, I'll be telling you about a volcano whose eruption in 1815 caused so much climate change that there was an entire year that summer never arrived in most of the world, known as the year without summer.
1: And this is Disaster Hour.
0: Can you imagine an entire year without summer?
1: I'd lose my goddamn mind.
0: I would vomit Yeah, profusely. Mm-hmm. I would be so pissed off <laughs> and just enraged, but it would be rightfully so. I feel like I would for once have a reason to be upset. Yeah, because that upset.
1: I don't know about anybody else. I look forward to summer like it's my job. When it's it hits like January to like March, April, I'm like, okay,
0: it's time. let's
1: get the shit done. I'm sick of it.
0: I used to be a lifeguard back in the day, so technically looking forward to summer was my job. Yeah. Well, anyway, Mount Tambora is a volcano whose eruption was so disruptive to the Earth's climate that there was literally an entire summer that never came in the Northern Hemisphere because of the amount of volcanic ash that was released into the atmosphere.
1: That just sounds like a literal nightmare.
0: I didn't think that could actually happen.
1: That's hell on Earth, basically.
0: Literally. Yeah. Oh, it's like the cold level of hell, though. Yeah. I think that's the level right before Walmart on a Saturday morning.
1: Yeah, it's like... <laughs> it's like the purgatory level this
0: is <laughs> walmart on a saturday wouldn't be purgatory that would be a level of hell yeah. <laughs> i think that's the one right before or right after the cold level of yeah, hell yeah yeah <laughs> it starts off hot and then it gets cold and then it turns into walmart on a saturday
1: and everybody and their mother is there and it's someone's not wearing shoes and then high
0: school is the, the level after that yeah oh god <laughs> no the level after that is an eighth grade dance <laughs>
1: It's so embarrassing, so sweaty, (laughs) the music is shitty, everyone, like, I don't know, not good.
0: Yeah, no. Well, the year without summer was the summer of 1816. It was unseasonably cold all across North America, Europe, and Asia. The cold weather led to the destruction of crops and livestock in these areas, and it almost crippled the economy for years after. This cold weather inevitably led to mass famine across the world as well. And while the cold weather led to an extremely dry summer in North America, Europe was seeing an unseasonably wet summer, And it was just as cold as the rest of the world on top of that. And the monsoon season in Asia was incredibly active, which helped spread disease across Asia and Europe as well.
1: I wouldn't have even thought about the economy and how it would affect the economy. That's wild.
0: Yeah, I mean, think about it. At the time in the 1800s, farming was huge. Right, right. Yeah, I had no idea. Yeah. But how did this happen? The key player is a volcano called Mount Tambora. Do you know where Mount Tambora is? Not a clue. Nope. I, I had never even heard of it before yeah. this. It's on the island of Simbawa, which is part of Indonesia. It's near present day Bali. Now, roughly 50,000 people were living on the island of Sumbawa in 1815. On Sumbawa is a village called Tambora, just near the volcano, Mount Tambora. And about 10,000 people were living in Tambora at the time. Today, Sumbawa has almost 500,000 people living on the island oh, wow. in 2023. Yeah, it's a popular vacation destination, I think. Well, on April 5th, 1815, Mount Tambora begins to rumble. And for several days, the volcano continues rumbling. Nothing was really happening. It was just low-grade seismic activity across the island. But then on April 10th, Mount Tambora erupts in a massive explosion. And this is the largest recorded volcanic explosion. Really? We know that larger ones happened, but in the times where we've been recording these eruptions... Mount Tambora is the largest eruption, and historically, it's one of the largest that we're aware of.
1: Gotcha. I was going to be like, well, what about Pompeii?
0: Oh, I don't know. Yeah, Pompeii is on my list though. And there were smaller eruptions that continued from Mount Tambora for another seven days, with the last one on April 17th.
1: Oh, wow. A whole week?
0: A week's worth of volcanic activity. The main explosion was on the 10th, the big one, but there were a bunch of smaller explosions and eruptions after that. And before this eruption in 1815, the volcano had been dormant for over a thousand years. So this came literally out of nowhere. Yeah. So when Mount Tambora erupted on April 10th, 1815, the entire island of Simbawa was covered in about four to ten foot of ash immediately after. And when it erupted, I mean it exploded. The entire top of the mountain and part of its side literally exploded. There was so much rock and debris that was ejected from the mountain that when the parts of the mountain landed in the ocean It caused moderate tsunamis in surrounding parts of Simbawa and the other nearby islands Yeah,
1: that sounds like something like out of a cartoon because like, you know when you like see a volcano explode in a cartoon It's like yeah, it sounds like something that
0: would be over exaggerated in like a mid-2000s cartoon Yep, but just there was that much mountain that landed in the ocean And it was only about 10 miles from the ocean, so the mountain didn't have to travel far to land in the water. In the ocean, steam explosions were created from the boiling bits of mountain that landed in the water as well.
1: That was going to be my next question.
0: Can you imagine how hot that would be? Yeah. The eruption was heard over 800 miles away too. So on the island of Java, which is almost 800 miles away, also in Indonesia. The British people living there heard the explosion and thought it was an explosion from a cannon as if they were under attack. Oh, jeez! It was that loud. Oh, my God. When Mount Tambora erupted, it initially killed everyone living in the village of Tambora, which was only a few miles from the volcano. It's estimated that all of the 10,000 people living there in Tambora were immediately killed.
1: Oh, shit. What the hell?
0: You would literally, like, we would be sitting here right now and just, it gets a bit warm, is what you would feel, and yeah. then that's it. You're done. That's a That'd be awful.
1: terrifying thought. Don't like that at all.
0: No. And there was so much ash that went into the atmosphere that there was no sun in Sumbawa for days. Now, all of the ash and particles from the eruption would be the start of the mass cooling on Earth. During the eruption, 60 megatons worth of sulfur dioxide was blasted into the stratosphere, which quickly started spreading across the globe. The stratosphere is the second lowest layer of the atmosphere. I did have to look that up. This is where the ozone layer is. Mm -hmm. And as we know, the ozone layer is responsible for blocking UV radiation from the sun and cooking us all to death. Yeah. Once all that sulfur dioxide was in the stratosphere, it would oxidize into sulfate aerosols and these volcanic aerosols also block radiation from the sun so now we have ozone as well as an even thicker layer of sulfate aerosols and ash blocking the sun this is what caused widespread cooling across the planet and as a result global rainfall was also reduced drastically and massive droughts followed this
1: do you think like they thought that they were being punished by god or something like that we'll get there oh yeah
0: oh we will definitely get there believe me right right Well, this lack of rainfall leads to famines across the planet, and the reason you have droughts from the cool temperatures, I didn't realize this, but I guess it makes sense. Without the warm temps, there's no evaporation of liquid from the Earth's surface, which means there's no moisture in the atmosphere to become rainfall, and then the crops fail without the rainfall. And then the earth gets even drier because the earth is sucking up all the water.
1: I would not have even It makes that. sense. Like, I feel yeah, like it's not something it I should have had
0: to search. But after I kept reading it, well, it was so cold. Why did that make a drought? I'm like, yeah. oh, okay, that makes sense now. There were an additional 80,000 estimated deaths in the surrounding islands of Simbawa after the eruption because of all the starvation and famine.
1: 80,000?
0: And that's just in one area. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. The global average temperature of the Earth, and I'm talking all parts of the Earth, mm-hmm. on average, dropped almost by three degrees Celsius. But in some places, as we'll talk about, it dropped much, much, much further than that. This is trippy to me. The sunsets changed color for over a year in all parts of the world. Oh. It's reported that there was a constant haze in the sky over all of the Earth from all the ash. So the sun was a dull red, especially the sunsets. Yeah. Yeah. And you could stare at the sun at that point. I don't know how safe it was. I imagine there was more blindness for a period.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Um, I'm just guessing. Well, it's like during an eclipse, you're still not supposed to look at the sun. Yeah. But the sun, because it was red, it looked warmer, but it was significantly cooler. Being able to look at the sun will be an issue.
1: (laughs) You're like, that will come back It's an issue
0: now, and it was definitely an issue then, but Mm -hmm. not for health reasons.
1: That reminds me of the California wildfires. And it kind of affected here in Ohio, um, like years I forget like when, like maybe like two thousand, like either two thousand eighteen or two thousand nineteen. I remember like it was like the end of August and it was weirdly like foggy in the sky. And <gasps> yes. remember the sun was setting and it was just red. Not like how it was. It was like, like an end
0: of summer. I know I was in my old house. Yeah. I remember this. And it
1: was really like weird. And I remember looking at Lindsay, Alexa's wife. And being like, this is, like, super weird. Like, do you know what's going on? And she was like, it, yeah, it's because of the California wildfires. All the ash I almost feel like I remember a
0: group chat. Because they lived, what, right? A couple streets down from me at the time. Yeah, yep. This sounds very familiar. Yeah, we were yes. at,
1: like, I think Giant Eagle. And yeah, it
0: was from, it was the, Eld- was it the Eldorado fire? I think so. The one yeah. that that woman started, which is on the list? Yep. Yep. hmm Oh, yeah, it's coming back to me mm-hmm. now. The world mm-hmm. is a wild place.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, before the eruption... Mount Tambora's height was 14,000 foot tall. After the eruption, it was only 9,000 foot tall. So it lost, what, 5,000 feet in that eruption? Unbelievable. And, okay, I can just hear my buddy Jake telling me, yeah, well, you're only 5'7", so 9,000 feet is still taller than you. (laughs) (laughs) Which is not true because I'm 5'8", and he knows it. His wife literally measured me in front of him one time because I got sick (laughs) of hearing about it. So you're a piece of shit, Jake.
1: (laughs) You really broke out like the tape measure.
0: I did one You're time. Like I was I was done with it. Yeah. I was like, you know what? I know I'm five eight. We all know I'm five eight. Measure it. And yeah. Lauren is very fair, and she did it. And I was five eight, barely five eight, but I was five eight. <laughs> Not that I'm bothered by no, that. Oh yeah, it's, I'm fine. Everything's yeah. fine. I'm We're fine. We're fine. We're fine. It's good. So Mount Tambora's explosivity index was seven. I did have to practice saying explosivity. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know this was a thing, but it's great. It's called the volcanic explosivity index, the VEI. It's a way of measuring the destructiveness of a volcanic eruption. Oh. The scale is from zero to eight, and it rates the volcanic eruption on the volume of magma ejected during the eruption, the height of the eruption, and the rate of the eruption. So how quickly it's happening. Gotcha. Magma and lava, I know I'll go back and forth. Magma is when it's beneath the surface, and lava is when the molten rock is above the surface. Gotcha. It's the same thing, just where it's at. Yeah. Again, I feel like I really should have known that. Didn't. <laughs> and, okay, this is the best part. Each eruption has a one-word description to define the eruption. These are my favorite. The descriptive words range from a zero, which is effusive, mm-hmm. to severe, explosive, catastrophic, <laughs> mega-catastrophic, <laughs> and apocalyptic.
1: Oh, my God. I
0: love that the science nerds were like, you know what, let's have some fun with this. Yeah, mega catastrophic i love that it's that insane. one's my favorite yeah. that's me after taco bell and miller Lite. mega <laughs> catastrophic. <laughs> catastrophic get some help
1: it's just so angel soft where are you at yeah <laughs> right <laughs> like i can picture it in my head
0: yeah now do you know anything about the mount saint helens explosion in 1980
1: i know of it but like not a lot about it yeah,
0: that was all i did I, I just knew of it it was in washington state
1: mm-hmm.
0: um mount saint helens explosivity index was a five And Tambora got a seven. When Mount St. Helens erupted, 57 people died. Yeah. At a seven, at least 10,000 died initially. What does that tell you?
1: That we learned about the wrong explosion in school. Like, what the hell?
0: I know. I know. Among the people that died in Mount St. Helens, Harry Truman was one of them. Oh. Which is surprising. Until I read that it wasn't President Truman, it was just someone else with the same name. (laughs)
1: You got me. You got me.
0: Well, this one will get you even further because there's more info, which I found exciting. So we're going to take a little segue into who this Harry Truman was that died <laughs> the Mount St. Helens explosion. It's sad because he died, but I am bold enough to say not really because the way he died is so stupid and completely his own fault. So apparently Truman lived in Washington state near Mount St. Helens. He owned a lodge near the base of the volcano. Well, in the months leading up to the eruption of Mount St. Helens, he became sort of a local celebrity because he was known to interview with a lot of the news outlets, claiming he wasn't worried about the possibility of the volcano erupting, despite the warnings from all the geologists around him.
1: He's like, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm going to completely ignore you guys working on.
0: That's exactly what he yeah. said. He was Now, everyone said how much he loved his lodge and loved the mountain, which I mean, I'm an avid outdoors person. I love mm-hmm. being outside. But if I know outside is about to blow up, I'm going to go somewhere else.
1: Yeah. For the safety of yourself and then probably who are employed there and who are rusting there, like who are using the lodge, you know?
0: Exactly. Now, Truman got so much attention from this that he was on the cover of the New York Times and was in other magazines like Time, Reader's Digest, and many others. And he adamantly refused to evacuate, insisting he would be fine and that there was no danger that the mountain was not going to blow up. (sighs) So basically, he became famous for denying science. I mean, he would have been a hit today. Let me tell you, he would have loved COVID is all I'm saying. I
1: was just going to say- That would have been
0: his time to shine. Round two, everybody.
1: It's the fact that history is just- Repeating itself. It
0: repeats itself. We don't learn. No. No one learns. No. Anyway, the Mount St. Helens eruption completely decimates the area where the lodge was, and the lodge is completely gone. And it's presumed that he was in the lodge when it was destroyed just him alone with his 16 cats
1: no not the cats
0: why did he have 16 cats that's a lot that's sad 16 cats died but why do you have 16 <laughs> cats
1: <laughs> that's like i hit a point where i was like if i get a third cat like that's just I,
0: no i won't let you get to that point. No, no i'm I'll, not gonna i'm not, no, I'm no, not letting no.
1: myself get to that point i'll at just all. send
0: Otto up there Otto's a husky You're so like just he wouldn't
1: have have at it he would assess the situation yeah. but even like two i'm like this is just i was like yeah that's like, a cry
0: for help like what else is going on like what's really 16 going cats, on cats
1: yeah that's and a it's lot.
0: 16 cats mm-hmm. but because of the heat of the exploding volcano truman would have been killed instantly so at least there was no suffering yeah but i mean come on dude just get two months just leave yeah it doesn't take two months to travel outside of washington state no. it takes half a day at most just like, get in the car and go yeah But anyway, I read that. I was like, you know what? That's interesting. We're going to talk about that.
1: I like how it was uh, specifically stated that he had 16 cats. Like not even you saying it. More
0: than one spot said that too. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: They said, hey, let's look at this guy. He denies science and he has 16 cats.
0: I wonder if there's a correlation between denying science and the number of cats you have.
1: Well, I can assure everyone I believe in science.
0: (laughs) One of the (laughs) physicians I work with, she has, I think, at least four or five now. I think she has five now. And she's a critical care physician and pulmonologist. So very, very good at her job and lots of science there. And she, yes, she still believes in science. But I wonder if it's like, once you start getting to like eight or nine cats, it's like, you know what?
1: Double digits.
0: (laughs) Double digit cats means you don't believe in science. (laughs) Well, the following year, 1816, becomes what is known as the year without summer. We'll start in North America. During the summer of 1816, about a year after Mount Tambora exploded, there was snowfall throughout most parts of New England, and bodies of water were freezing as far south as North Carolina, and the overnight frosts were killing crops all throughout the U.S. And nobody knew why this was happening. Yeah. That's the most terrifying part. They could see the haze in the sky, everything is cold, everything is dying, and they don't know why you would think the world was ending.
1: Yeah, I was just going to say the apocalypse 100% would be my first thought.
0: That will come into this, trust me. I knew it. <laughs> now, it's assumed that most people of the civilized world had basic knowledge that Mount Timbor exploded at the very least, but they didn't put two and two together for a very long time. Yeah. But Thomas Jefferson, that summer of 1816, he was known for having reliable weather recording equipment and for taking very detailed recordings of weather patterns even before this. Now, he lived in central Virginia, and during the summer of 1816, as all the other years, he was still taking detailed records of the weather. Thomas Jefferson had recorded in past years for the month of May, the average morning temperature in central Virginia was 63 degrees Fahrenheit. Mm -hmm. In May of 1816, the average morning temperature in central Virginia was 53 degrees, 10 degrees Fahrenheit colder, and the lowest during May was 43 degrees, 20 degrees colder than normal. Jefferson also said that the average June rainfall for Central Virginia was 3.75 inches. But in June of 1816, they only had a third of an inch of rain.
1: That's like so... That would be so shocking. You know what I mean? Like just very like, what the hell is going on? You it gets know? worse.
0: For July, the average rainfall in Central Virginia was nine and one sixth of an inch, typically mm-hmm. for the month. Over nine inches. But in July of 1816, they didn't even have one inch of rain. They had eight tenths of an inch of rain that year.
1: And it was still like cold?
0: Yeah. They had almost a hundred percent loss of rain in July. Wow. Like what? I again You would think the world is ending. Yeah. In September, Jefferson said every state north of Virginia had seen frosts every month so far through August. Now, Jefferson didn't record any frosts in June or July for Virginia, but he did in August. And the frost killed off so much of the crops that the Atlantic states had less than a third of their normal amount of corn that year, which corn was big. Yeah. It was one of their main products. So I'm going to break this down by month now for the summer in North America. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go May, June, July, and August. In May of 1816, Cold temperatures and frost killed most of the state's crops in upstate New York, Massachusetts, New Hampshire, and Vermont. This was the coldest part of the U.S. that summer was New England. Wow. In Keene, New Hampshire, a girl named Hannah Dawes Newcomb lived with her family. And in her diary, Hannah kept record of specific days for what the weather was like in New Hampshire. She wrote that for May 13th, the weather was cold but pleasant. May 14th, cold weather. Fifteenth, very cold. Sixteenth, the weather remains very cold. The seventeenth, very cold. Have to keep a large fire in the parlor to keep comfortable. On May eighteenth, she wrote, "Very hard frost last night. Very cold this morning." And on May nineteenth, "Very cold for the season." So it was cold.
1: That again, it's, it just sounds like it's a nightmare. Wild. That sounds. It like does a nightmare. sound like a nightmare.
0: In June for eighteen sixteen. Snowfall was recorded in Albany, New York, and Denny'sville, Maine. And in late June of 1816, frost was reported for five consecutive nights in Cape May, New Jersey. Oh, wow. In July of 1816, lake and river ice was reported in parts of Pennsylvania. And we have another entry from Hannah Dawes Newcomb's Diary. She wrote on July 6th, and I find this so interesting that we have accounts of what people actually thought and were feeling at the time. Hannah wrote... Weather continues very cold. All nature appears encircled in gloom, grass very thin, corn so backward it does not appear probably there will be food sufficient for man or beast. Our only hope arises from the promise of seed time and harvest. We daily keep fire in the parlor. Okay, Hannah. Hannah is a star, first (laughs) of all. Yes. Hannah also mentions that farm animals were freezing to death on the regular. That's so sad.
1: Cause like, what do you, what do you do? Like I,
0: I you can't do anything. No. You literally can't do anything, but just grit your teeth and bear it. Yeah. And also she mentions seeing sunspots on the sun in July. Have we mentioned sunspots yet? No. A sunspot is kind of what it implies, a dark area on the surface of the sun. It's caused by, and obviously I had to look this up. It's caused by stronger magnetic fields on the sun, which leads to cooler spots. And that's why they're darker spots. An average sunspot is about the size of the Earth.
1: Oh, oh my God.
0: Right. But the sun's so big, so it wouldn't appear. It's just in... like a
1: little like, blemish. It's
0: like a freckle on the sun. Yeah. But noticeable from Earth. Also, Sunspot was one of the X Men. He had firepower, so he was super cool.
1: <laughs> Again, Hannah, why are you looking at the sun?
0: What else did they have to look at? Hannah, they, didn't close your eyes. they didn't have TV, they didn't have phones to have their face, and they had to look up at the sun.
1: They can read a book, <laughs> put on a little play. I've seen little women.
0: I thought that was a book.
1: It is but like okay. in the in the book and in the movie they would put on plays for everybody.
0: Oh, is Little Women from like the eighteen hundreds? Is that yeah. about women in the Oh, okay. Yeah. Ugh, gotcha. We, uh,
1: another recommendation, you need to watch it. It's really good.
0: Watch it or read it or both? Both. Is the movie actually any good though?
1: The movie is fantastic. The newer one Who's in it? Uh Florence Pugh, um I don't know who that is. Timothy Chalamet. Dune. Yes. Um. Oh my God.
0: Well, this had to be recent then.
1: Yes, this was the most recent one. The other one.
0: Which Little Woman does Timothy Chalamet play? All of them. <laughs> he plays all of the no, women. No. Oh, I was gonna say, wow, that's range of an actor. <laughs> Go him. Yeah. He should do that in Dune also. Just play he everyone. <laughs>
1: he plays Zendaya. He plays what's his face? Austin Butler. <laughs> he plays. I've never seen every Dune. character
0: in Dune is just Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like green a, screen together. Sounds
1: like an SNL skit. <laughs>
0: Well, in August of 1816, sad to say, things do not get warmer. On August 20th and 21st, for example, there was more lake and river ice as far south as southern Virginia. Unreal. <laughs> and then there were the abnormalities, which were the real kicker, too. Sometimes you would have normal or above normal summer temps that would occur. Say, okay, it maybe in Vermont, it gets up to 85 degrees. Oh. But then it would drop to freezing temps, say 32 within hours. During the day, a temperature drop of almost 60 degrees or more, it's literally like somebody turning the AC up or off or unimaginable.
1: I'm I'm thinking about like the people who like got sick because I know like I'll get You would get sick. Yeah. I'll get like a head cold in like February if it hits like 50 and then drops back down like the next day to 30.
0: Imagine the animals that thought they were supposed to start migrating. Oh my. Or that thought they had missed migration. Yeah. Mm hmm. Now, because of all the cold temperatures, obviously, the crops were suffering. The prices of the crops they did have were sky high. Grain prices increased to four times the normal amount that they would go for. Oh, shit. And oat prices increased almost eight times the normal amount.
1: There had to be, like...
0: People were panicking. Yeah. So they were willing to pay... Anything. X amount of money for everything which is not dissimilar to today's housing market.
1: That, or during COVID when people were selling hand sanitizer for like Oh my God, and the toilet dollars. paper
0: was? Toilet
1: th- paper, Lysol.
0: Oh, no. the Lysol, yeah, there was what, one per store?
1: There was one per store, Or but- a limit
0: of one per store per customer. Mm-hmm.
1: And then I remember being like, oh, let me look on Amazon, there has to be Amazon in stock. It was like the- $40
0: for yes, one thing of Lysol wipes, thing- which goes for, I think, like what, maybe three bucks today? Yeah, Insane. crazy. So I wanted to just put this into some reference Mm -hmm. for everyone, I found an article from Columbus, Ohio from 1816. It came from the diary of a man named Joel Butel. Mm -hmm. I hope I'm saying that right. He lived in Columbus. He also, like Jefferson, kept a very detailed weather history. Joel recorded several months leading up to the summer of 1816 as well. Mm -hmm. So he recorded that in 1815, December was very cold, but then going into January of 1816, they had very mild temps, Most of February and March of 1816 were relatively mild as well. April 1816 started off warm, but the month ended with ice on the ground. Mm -hmm. You don't have ice on the ground in Ohio in April. Maybe a frost here and there, but no ice on the ground. And it melts by noon. Yep. Yep. In May of 1816, Joel wrote that there was ice that was half an inch thick over plant buds and fruit trees. Half an inch thick. I'm pretty sure that would deflect a bullet. Yeah. Crop fields were planted and seeded over and over again until the planting season had passed. Because every time they would sprout, they would just freeze and die. Yeah. In June, he writes that almost every green herb was killed. In July and August, finding ice as thick as window glass on plants and bodies of water was common. And ice was half an inch thick in September in Columbus. Unreal. And September in most of Ohio is usually beautiful weather. Mm -hmm. It usually starts off in the 80s, sometimes the 90s like it did last year in early September and can get down to the 60s, maybe the 50s by the end of the month. Yeah. September is a beautiful month here. But Joel goes on to say how everyone in Columbus made the best of the cold weather. He said they'd go skating on frozen water when it was freezing, and they'd go sledding in the snow when it was there. That's such an Ohio response. Like, you know what? This weather sucks, but let's go outside and play it
1: anyway. Yeah. I'm just thinking about all of the crops dying, cause like usually for like the winter, people will take those crops and then jar them up and like use it throughout like yeah. the entire winter. What the hell are they gonna do in the winter then if none of their crops are like
0: famine? Yeah, and y- die. Yeah. And again, for reference of how drastic these weather changes were for anyone that's not from Ohio or just the northern US at all, last summer in 2022, in Ohio, the average temp in July was between 80 and 90 degrees Fahrenheit. So we'll say in Ohio, last July, the average temp was 85 degrees. And for water to freeze, obviously, it has to be 32 degrees Fahrenheit. So that's a difference of at least 53 degrees Fahrenheit. And the temperatures had to be well below 32 degrees Fahrenheit for the ice to be half an inch thick, and that's here, just outside of Akron. Yeah. This is Columbus, which is what I don't know, 100 or so miles south of here.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh my God, how cold would that have been? Awful. And in July, like that's, I have never even remotely come close to seeing winter esque weather in July. That you just don't. Yeah. You know it's. This is a hot summer here.
1: Yeah. Like, all of my jackets are put away until, like, November.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Not even in May would you ever expect... No. It just doesn't... That's not the climate here. Yeah. But for one year it was. What a a mess. In Philly, the Philadelphia Society for Promoting Agriculture posted a newsletter in October of 1816 to help farmers pick crops that would survive cold temperatures for future uncommon occurrences, quote unquote, because they had no idea if this was the new normal. This tells me that they're planning for the world to end.
1: And they don't know like when it's gonna end. They're just gonna have to wait until like May again.
0: Exactly. They don't know. Now we're gonna get into Europe here in a second. Mm -hmm. From what I read, it does sound like America had a bit of a grip on it more so than Europe did. Well, in Europe, like North America, it was just as cold. There was also tons of rainfall, more so than normal, which was different than the U.S. Mm -hmm. So most of Europe was unseasonably wet and cold. Now, Mount Tambora's explosion isn't entirely to blame for the above average rainfall. It did, however, contribute somewhat, though. But the cold temperatures were absolutely the result of the volcano. In Spain, summer temperatures in 1816 didn't get higher than 15 degrees Celsius or 59 degrees Fahrenheit. Oh, wow. Spain has summers like we do in Ohio in the 80s. There was hail in London during the summer. John Quincy Adams actually had written in his diary that there was freezing rain and thunderstorms on the 4th of July. Now, I know London is colder than Ohio, but the summers in England are still... In the 70s and 80s. Also, I have written here, who the fuck is John Quincy Adams? I didn't know. (laughs) Do you know who he is? I know, yeah. Tell me who he is. Isn't
1: he like, he's from America, right? Or Uh, no?
0: I don't know the answer to that, but do you know who he was as a person? No. He was the sixth president of the US.
1: Okay, yeah, yeah.
0: I didn't know that. I I Googled that and I'm like, oh my God, I know nothing about (laughs) US history. (laughs) This is not good. You said, ugh. (laughs) Uh, well, I wrote down the name. I'm like, I thought he was like a poet or something like that, yeah. like Beethoven or something along those lines. No, he was a president.
1: Yeah, I knew that his, na- I don't.
0: And I'm pretty sure he's on some sort of currency.
1: Yeah, that's why I was.
0: Maybe the dime.
1: I have no idea. He just sounded like the names paint yeah, something in he... my head, like political. And I was like, okay, he had to be a part of something. I figured something. he wrote
0: like a musical piece or something or wrote a poem that everybody <laughs> yeah. loved. No, he was a president.
1: <laughs> <laughs> my he bad. he ruled this country. <laughs> my
0: bad. <laughs> Listen, I've saved lives before. I wonder how many lives John Quincy had in the Yeah.
1: <laughs> you look it up and it's like several.
0: <laughs> well, this cold, wet weather in Europe also created perfect conditions for disease to spread as well. Because of the cold weather, Europe, again, like the U.S., had significantly less crops. And because the rainfall was making everything so damp, remember they were having extra rainfall, the crops that were successfully grown had a lower quality to them. This led to making food of lower quality as well. Mm -hmm. So not only are people famished, but the little food that they're able to have isn't even healthy. And at the time, there are a lot more homeless people and hygiene is much poorer at the time as well. So all this combined, the famine, the bad food, the absolute lack of sanitation makes it very easy for disease to spread at this point in Europe. It's like lighting a match in a dry hayfield. It just spreads like wildfire. There was an outbreak of typhus that infected over 2.5 million people in Europe from 1816 to 1819. Typhus is a bacterial infection. It can cause high fevers, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, all of which can lead to dehydration and death. It's spread to humans through lice and fleas. And again, with all the lack of sanitation and nutrition, breeding ground for typhus. Yeah. Of the 2.5 million people that got typhus, Mm -hmm. roughly 65,000 people died from it.
1: Again, this sounds like a literal biblical apocalypse. Like-
0: I love that you said biblical. We're going to expand on that here in a minute. Because soon enough, shit just begins unraveling at the seams in Europe. Way worse mm-hmm. than it did in the US. And by this, I mean society just starts falling apart. So on top of the famines and crop failure, crime escalated dramatically as well. The incidence of riots, lootings, murders, and other crimes skyrocketed during this time. And most of these crimes were driven by theft because they have so little of the basic necessities to survive. Mm -hmm. So now they resort to stealing the necessities from other people, regardless of how they have to get them. They're going to kill for it. They need it. They're desperate. They're starving. They're dying. They want to save themselves. Also, it's reported that arsons were becoming especially common. I don't understand how the arson plays into it. I think it's just everybody was so mad from the absolute drama of starving and famine and disease that they got caught up in the emotion of it and
1: was like, setting guys.
0: things ablaze was just part yeah. of the act. And this social unrest stems from a large majority of society in Europe believing that this cold summer was the beginning of the apocalypse. Yep. Remember, because of the haze in the sky from Mount Tambora's eruption, people could now see the sun more clearly and they could see the sunspots on the sun, just like Hannah could see it back in New Hampshire. So people were believing now that these sunspots were a sign of the sun dying. And they started to believe that they would eventually lose the sun's warmth altogether. So they see, they can see the sun clearly now. They can see these spots that have been there the entire time. Yeah. But because now it's so cold and now they see these spots, they think, oh God, the sun is dying out. We're going to die out. This is the end.
1: I'm surprised it didn't kickstart more crime, you know, or like the collapse of like society. You know what I mean?
0: I know exactly what you mean.
1: Because like the chaos of it, like I...
0: Like a new Dark Ages. Yes. I was shocked that, that yeah. we didn't get something more along those lines. Mm-hmm. I mean, it very well could have. If this would have lasted another summer, can you imagine?
1: Oh, absolutely. People would lose I wonder if, if I
0: wonder if we would even be here today, like if this had gone on for longer than it had at all.
1: Yeah, I wonder if it would it'd be completely different, I think.
0: It would have to be.
1: Like a Hunger Games type deal.
0: I would totally win the Hunger Games.
1: I, you would. I would lose 100%. I know for a fact I would.
0: As we've discussed, I'm only 5'8, so I don't have the physical advantage, but the sheer psychological, what's the word I'm looking for? The psychotic factor. So I feel like I could be shot anywhere but the heart with an arrow or lose a limb, and I would just be blinded with rage and I'd still win.
1: Yeah, you would beat it. And then, like afterwards, because like, I'm not
0: losing something. Are you, you've seen me at Monopoly, I don't lose yeah, well you're at all. scary. Take an arm, I don't give a shit. I'm still going to rip your throat out.
1: Yeah, you would be a fan favorite too.
0: I would. I'm not saying I want that to happen, but if it did, I think I would do well.
1: Yeah. Again, I would die. I would feel so bad doing anything.
0: I think you would just break down and cry from the beginning. Yeah. Which that's not bad. You died with your humanity. I ditched it at the door immediately. I feel like (laughs) this is not for me.
1: It would either be that or like the first night I'm like adrenaline and I'm just like. You would just get everybody in their sleep. Getting everybody. And then the next day I'd be like, what did I do? And then everyone's like, I'd get a note from like my mentor. And they're like, can you calm the hell down? And I'm like, okay, right, right. So I don't know. It's like a 50-50.
0: Woody Harrelson would save you.
1: Woody Harrelson would be like, girl, shut up. And like, it would right.
0: actually be Woody Harrelson. Like, wow, that's ironic <laughs> yeah, that you played yeah. in hey, the Mitch, Hunger Games yeah. movies, and now you're an actual sponsor of the real life Hunger Games. <laughs>
1: yeah. And he would be like, yeah, I'm saving this girl's ass.
0: Who would my sponsor be? Judy Dench. <laughs> I think she would be a fantastic <laughs> yeah. Hunger Games sponsor. She's got the money, she's got the attitude, and I would read every note <laughs> she sent me in her British voice. Yeah, like, I want Judy Dench.
1: You're like you're giving me the motivation to do this, Judy Dench. Is Just
0: like, by knowing Judy Dench, that would give me yeah. the motivation to win the Hunger Games.
1: You're like for Judy. Everyone's like, what? The I want to keep
0: living a life where I get to know Judy Dench. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well. Anyway, moving on. The weather in Europe in 1816 heavily influenced Napoleon's defeat at Waterloo, as well. Do you know what Waterloo is?
1: I only know the Abbas song.
0: That's on brand. So I started looking up exactly what Napoleon's defeat at Waterloo was. I knew it was some kind of battle or war. Uh, but when I started searching for the information, I lost interest almost immediately. <laughs> I mean, there was a shit ton of info on this. Don't get me yeah. wrong. But I really could just not have been less <laughs> interested in Napoleon and the French army and the defeat at Waterloo and something about the Prussians. I'm like, oh, this is not for me. You
1: said yawn. Click.
0: <laughs> no volcanoes. Next. Yeah. <laughs> and it didn't even talk about the weather. It just briefly mentioned it. I'm like, oh, no, I don't care about yeah. this at all. Mm. This is it's called disaster hour, not some political war hour with some guy that was shorter than I am at, yeah. what, 5-3? <laughs> Boring. Boring. Next. Next.
1: Right, right.
0: (laughs) But what I did find interesting, though, the first concept of the bicycle was invented in Germany in the summer of 1816.
1: People just had time on their hands.
0: Well, there's a reason. It was created by a German man named Baron Karl Drace. I think I'm saying that right, Drace. Now, the first design for the bicycle was supposed to be four wheels, but it worked better with two wheels and adding bounds to the equation. However, this takes a bit of a dark turn, the only reason that Baron Carl Drace even started with this design was because most of the horses in Europe were starving and dying or being killed to save money and eaten for meat.
1: Uh, took
0: a turn. It took a turn. Yeah. So think about that the next time you're on a bike.
1: Maybe that's the phrase I'm hungry enough to eat a horse comes from.
0: Oh, wow. I think that it's very possible. Doesn't that- and
1: makes sense
0: yes also the famine and starvation and the economic distress actually encouraged some governments in europe to sort of reframe and improve their administrations germany specifically created the german federation which condensed hundreds of german states into just 39 states which was much more manageable and efficient to run Hmm. also Frankenstein was drafted in Switzerland in the summer of 1816 by Mary Shelley, and she was inspired by the dark, gray, gloomy temperatures and weather.
1: Mary Shelley f- fan club.
0: Did you know her name was Mary Shelley already? Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, because you're a big Stephen King fan.
1: I love Stephen King. I love anything little spooky, little scary. I'm making heart so
0: moments. you know what she is making a heart. It looks kind of weird because her. F- oh never. She she angled better. It's a heart now.
1: <laughs> it, mm.
0: I see it. Yeah. So, I mean, there was really all ends of the spectrum, mainly distress and disaster, but some positives here and there. All right, so let's move on to Asia. Like Europe and North America, Asia was plagued by famine and starvation. Also, it was a notably active monsoon season in parts of Asia as well. And the monsoon season is typically between April and September Mm -hmm. in Asia. I also think that's when hurricane season is for the U.S. as well. Spring to fall. Yeah, that sounds right. In Asia, however, they saw colder temperatures in 1815, whereas most of the world didn't see it until 1816. This is because the ash and sulfur dioxide and the aerosols that were erupted from Mount Tambor's explosion Mm -hmm. didn't have to travel as far to affect these areas of the world. It got colder quicker there.
1: Yeah, makes sense, honestly.
0: Well, China specifically, like all the others, suffered from famines as well as massive floods too, because the cold temperatures led to droughts. The earth was then super dry. So when there actually was rainfall, especially with the heavier monsoons of the season, there was frequent flooding. Yeah. In 1815, I really hope I'm pronouncing this correctly. I apologize if I'm not. The Zheqing Famine began in Yunnan, which is in southern China. This lasted three years from 1815 to 1817. People in the area were documented eating guan Yintu. It's basically a type of soil. So the people were eating dirt because there was literally nothing to eat. Can you imagine the level of desperation it would take for an entire culture to resort to eating a specific kind of dirt? That is fucking heartbreaking. That's I
1: was just gonna say. That's incredibly upsetting. Oh my upsetting. god!
0: And a lot of people ended up just fleeing the area and abandoning their homes altogether. In 1815 and 1816, snowstorms and severe cold temperatures were reported through much of southern China. In September of 1815, just five months after Mount Tambora's eruption, frost damage was reported in parts of Hebei province in northern China. For reference, Hebei province is about the same latitude as us in Ohio. So it's the same as us in Ohio, where it's typically between, I don't know, 60 and 80 degrees in September. Yeah. Getting frost. In December of 1815, China had snow in the southern provinces of Hainan. I think I'm saying that correctly. Again, I hope I am. Hainan's latitude in southern China is about 20 degrees north. Do you know what else is at 20 degrees north? Mm-hmm. Mexico City. So that's about the same as Mexico City having snow in December. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Several other of China's southern provinces also had snow in December of 1815. All of these southern provinces are at a latitude of about 25 degrees north, which is the same latitude as Miami, Florida. And Miami does absolutely not get snow any month out of the year, ever, for any reason, ever. Nope. Miami's average temperature for December is 76 degrees Fahrenheit.
1: For December? Mm Mm-hmm. That's upsetting.
0: And many of these places also had snowfall that was several feet thick that lasted well into the winter of 1816. In another one of China's southern provinces, I think it's pronounced Guangxi, mm-hmm. snow had accumulated up to 70 centimeters.
1: Oh my god. I-
0: 70 centimeters of snow is just a little bit over two feet of snow. Imagine two feet of snow in Miami, Florida in December. Two feet of snow in Miami, live. <laughs> Let that sink in.
1: People literally, they're called snowbirds. When it snows here, they go to Florida to get away from the snow.
0: Del Boca Vista had snow in <laughs> not one episode of Seinfeld. Yeah. That is unheard of.
1: <laughs> Del Boca Vista.
0: <laughs> Del Boca Vista.
1: Oh my god.
0: Taiwan also had snowfall during December of 1815. And it had ice more than three centimeters thick. Taiwan is also in the same latitude as Miami, 25 degrees north. Oh
1: my god, everything's in Miami.
0: And this obviously caused severe crop damage and mm-hmm. livestock death. What do you do? Obviously, it was the worst there because this is right near where the volcano mm-hmm. exploded. It had to be. I don't even know how you would begin to process any of this.
1: You can't process like there's literally like zero preparation for it. You don't know that's going to happen. It's just
0: You have no clue. No. You have no clue. Well, in India, Things are not much better. There was a deadly cholera outbreak. Cholera is an intestinal bacterial infection. Cholera typically lives and grows in contaminated water. It causes violent vomiting and diarrhea, which ends up leading to death from dehydration. This was actually the first recorded cholera outbreak in history as well. And you know they didn't have AngelSoft at the time, Uh, so that just just makes things even that much worse.
1: Yeah, not good
0: now this outbreak of cholera likely would have been just a local ordeal without the abnormal weather but because cholera lives in contaminated water the frequent and strong monsoons were spreading that water from india to china to japan to sumatra and to the tambora region of indonesia on Sumbawa as well so all these monsoons are picking up this contaminated water and just spreading it. Oh
1: my God. This
0: is just everything bad that could have happened did happen. I was just going
1: to say, it sounds just like a domino effect of just like this happened. So do, 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 mm-hmm. And just the perfect storm with the
0: wrong thing at the wrong time. Yep. Now Java, another Indonesian island, which is where they heard the explosion also was affected by the cholera outbreak and about a hundred thousand people were estimated to have died from it on Java. Holy shit. And that's about the same amount of people that died from the Mount Tambora explosion initially in the few weeks after on the surrounding islands. The outbreak began in India near the River Ganges area and spread all the way to Moscow. That's a distance of about 3,500 miles. The US, I think, is about 3,100 miles across.
1: That's just baffling.
0: Can you imagine what that must have felt like? Imagine if they had Facebook and the internet and Instagram to link everyone together and then to be faced up front with exactly what's happening everywhere hysteria would have killed the world at that point
1: panic just it's good they didn't
0: know what was happening everywhere else right when it happened Mm -hmm. so everything that we've covered has pretty much been the northern hemisphere of the world Mm -hmm. well it has been the southern hemisphere also was affected but i don't think it was affected as strongly i think the winds in the northern hemisphere really kept the ash primarily to that area of the world gotcha but parts of Mexico and Africa and Australia were reported having notably cold weather, too. Again, there's just not a lot of reports of the devastation to the degree that the Northern Hemisphere saw, though. So with all of this happening, Mount Tambora's eruption and the year without summer weren't even considered to be related to each other until 1913, almost 100 years later, 98 years later.
1: They didn't put two and two together?
0: Not until 1913. 98 years later. And that's just when they're speculating that they may be related. It wasn't until the 1970s that it was widely accepted that Mount Tambora was the cause of the year without summer, but it wasn't officially confirmed to be the cause until 2019. And even then it's not officially confirmed it's just we had enough scientific research to show that the amount of volcanic ash from Mount Tambora mm-hmm. would have cooled the earth this drastically, and it's never happened since. So it's obviously considered that Mount Tambora caused all of this.
1: So what the hell did they like think happened? They didn't know. They were just like, that was weird.
0: They didn't know. They were thinking maybe sunspots.
1: That's frustrating to me.
0: And imagine the next summer rolling around and it's warm. I still wouldn't feel any better because what if the next summer is cold again? It's. Did you ever watch Game of Thrones? No. The way the weather works, it's supposed to be an alternate version of Earth, but you don't have seasons like we do. It's just summer could last for eight years, or summer could last for two years. Then winter could come and last for four years, oh. or nine years. That's what this would remind me of. I feel like I would never feel comfortable in any season again.
1: I would feel very like anxious the entire time.
0: I would. That's why that Philadelphia Agricultural Society released that pamphlet oh. saying hey these are the crops that you we should be focusing now because if this happens again these crops yeah. have the best chance of surviving and to have to live your whole life constantly worrying about that mm-hmm. no I, me as a constant worrier absolutely yeah. not no okay. i'm gonna find the tallest bridge and jump <laughs> I, can't, I would i can't yeah a i have to worry about starving all the time b i have to worry that it won't get warm again and i won't get tan i'm out you bye said that's it i'll see y'all in the next life
1: well that's like it hits like 60 degrees not even like it if it hits like 56 my summer clothes are out of my closet in my dresser and then my winter clothes are in like my if closet If have
0: a cold winter and it gets 40 i'm putting shorts on and yeah a t-shirt. i'm gonna
1: be like i'm opening up the windows i'm like this is such a nice breeze outside good. yeah
0: Well, in 2004, there was an archaeological dig in Tambora, the village right next to Mount Tambora. And there they dug up a house with the team's excavating equipment and the remains of two people were found inside the house, relatively preserved as well. So that just shows you how fast the entire village was covered in ash, lava, dirt, and how hot it got how quickly.
1: They had no idea. No, what was they happening. were
0: literally just sitting at the table and they died. They burned to death instantly. Mm-mm. And the house was still standing. So it wasn't like the house got knocked over and they got crushed. They just were incinerated. Yeah. Oh, that'd be awful. And Mount Tambora is still an active volcano today. It had smaller eruptions in 1880 and in 1967. And Mount Tambora had seismic activity recorded in 2011, 2012 in 2013 also when the volcano exploded a caldera that was 3.7 miles was created on top of the mountain a caldera is basically a giant crater where the top of the mountain used to be yeah so today there's a giant crater that's 3.7 miles across at the top of the mountain and in the center of it is a giant freshwater lake and to this day there are steam vents that are active daily in the caldera of mount tambora
1: that's like an omen
0: so what? Yeah, 10 years ago, there was still seismic activity happening.
1: Do they know like when it's going to erupt? No. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. Hate that. But that is the story of the eruption of Mount Tambora and the year without summer.
1: That is so interesting. I've never it's heard of It's sad it.
0: and depressing, but goddamn, is that interesting yeah. to learn about.
1: It's... A shared experience, I feel, like it's an awful shared experience.
0: It is awful. I kept wanting to compare it to COVID, which I hate that I even talk about COVID. But the same concept of not knowing when it's going to end, how this happened, why we're here. Mm -hmm. I feel like we can relate to why is the world so cold? Why is everything dying? What is going to happen in... A year from now, what's going to happen in two or three years? What's going to happen in a week from now? You just don't know. And truly nobody knows. Mm -hmm. Had to be absolutely terrifying.
1: It makes me feel claustrophobic, you know?
0: Yeah, just very uncomfortable. I
1: don't like not knowing the unknown.
0: Yeah. Well, now it's time to play the blame game, Liv.
1: Is there anyone to blame?
0: (laughs) About five or six minutes ago, I realized I never wrote anything down for the blame game. Hmm. But I already know what my ratings are. Yeah, go ahead. So the blame game, as we've done before, we rate the disaster on three different categories. Predictability, preventability, and avoidability, once the disaster had already begun. And we rate each category on a scale of zero to five. Liv, predictability. What do you give this?
1: Zero. I feel like there was no way of them knowing.
0: I would say let's just give it a one. Okay. It's a volcano. It's It's been dormant for a thousand years. By default, we know at some point, even though it hasn't. Infra- I mean, I get just that. playing devil's advocate, let's just give that a one. Okay. A one out of five. Okay. We can say predictability, it gets a one. Preventability. Zero. It, how do you stop a volcano from exploding? You Please can't. tell me. I would love to know. I would love to own that patent <laughs> and retire tomorrow. Yeah. And no, I wouldn't retire. I would be so bored all the time. But no, that's a zero out of five. You mm-hmm. can't prevent that. And for avoidability.
1: I, again, zero.
0: Do we have rockets to other planets? No? <laughs> then that's a zero. So all in all, if we're being generous, this gets a one out of 15. Mm-hmm. Mount Tambora's eruption is a true disaster by every sense of the term.
1: It's our first one.
0: It is. <laughs> and it's our first natural disaster as well. Wow. I feel like the natural disasters are much more tragic Definitely. than the human-made ones. Definitely. Yes. So, live. You want to take a minute here and figure out what you learned through this episode? Yeah. Cool. (laughs) All right, Liv. So what'd you come up with?
1: All right. So the first one is that there are two Harry Trumans.
0: There are two Harry Trumans. Yeah.
1: I had no idea about that one.
0: I was just impressed that I even knew who the first Harry Truman was. Yeah.
1: I just hear the word, like, the last name Truman, and it clicks something. makes you
0: think of a president?
1: Yeah. Yeah. The second thing I learned was that we are never guaranteed anything.
0: Oh, that's deep. Right? That is deep. And I love that.
1: Yeah. Let's take
0: a moment for that one. Okay. (laughs) Thank you. Next.
1: The last thing I learned was that there's a difference between magma and lava.
0: There is. I had
1: no idea about that. I thought they were the same thing.
0: I feel so educational right now. I mean, are there like golden globes, but for teachers? Because if there are, I deserve one.
1: I just think it's a, a shiny red apple.
0: I'll take that. Yeah. Apples make my gums itch, so I think that means I'm allergic. But <laughs> I've never died from it, so I've never confirmed it as an allergy. You're
1: like I'm still gonna eat it. My so. gums
0: get like real, like itchy and like yeah. kind of swollen a little bit. And so yeah, that's maybe. I mean, that's by definition an allergy. Yeah, but I'll be fine.
1: Yeah, but yeah, that's all I learned. I mean, I learned so much more, but those are the th- top three things.
0: I was almost gonna say something about what I learned about Napoleon, but then I remembered I stopped even <laughs> trying to learn about Napoleon because I didn't care.
1: <laughs> you hard <laughs> stop. You're like I'm. It's like no, this is
0: lame. Yeah. Where's the lava? <laughs> well, on that note, I think we're coming up on an hour here. So I don't want to push this and have to rename the podcast Disaster 90 Minutes. But I can add that in. in yeah, do yeah, Post-production, I'll add it in. Well, have a good night, everybody.
1: Stay safe.
0: Avoid volcanoes. Mm-hmm. And have fun. Always have fun.
1: Always have fun. Again, like I said, you're never guaranteed tomorrow. You so. are
0: never guaranteed tomorrow. Yeah. But make sure your bills are paid and whatnot firsthand and then have all the fun you want. Make sure you went to work. Yeah. Make sure you paid your bills and then just do whatever you want.
1: Yeah. Hell yeah.
0: But don't kill anyone. That's lame.
1: Yeah, please don't. Yeah,
0: that's about it. Yeah. End of list. Just don't kill someone. Cool. (laughs) Yeah. All right. right, Well, (laughs) have a good night, everybody. (laughs) We'll see you next time. Good luck. Bye. Bye.
1: Someone's not wearing shoes.